kitchen and uh, I'll come and see y'all, but just give me a little time. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Praise the Lord. God is good. You know, I get two minutes, but I'm going to say a lot in two minutes. Are you ready? All right. I just want you to know that we have a God that loves us so much that he came down and saved us. Amen. And I'm not just talking about, oh, I'm saved and that's about it. I'm talking about how he comes down and he sets a girl free from being shackled inside of her house, literal chains, mind is gone. And God came down and set this woman free, totally free. She is serving God. She loves the Lord to one of my girls that's in my house that is ran over by a truck. We had to life flight her out of Laos into Thailand to save this girl's life. She had five broken bones in her back, a broken pelvis, collapsed lungs. She had bleeding in the brain. Her shoulder was crushed and had to have four pins in her. The doctor said it'll be at least two and a half weeks before she gets out of ICU. She got out of ICU in eight days. They said that it's going to be at least uh, two weeks on the ventilator to help her to breathe. Six days she's off. They said it's going to be three and a half or six weeks at least before she can ever walk again because her back's broken. Her pelvis is broke three and a half weeks. She was standing within the six weeks. She was already back to my house in Laos recovering. I'm going to tell you that we serve a God that loves you, that cares about you. And that is in the miracle business. I'm going to tell you, God is here to set us free. He is here to set you free. I don't care how hopeless you are. We always have hope in Jesus Christ. We always have hope in Jesus Christ. And he wants to set you free. He wants to set you free of your pride. He wants to set you free of yourself. He wants to set you free of your depression, of your hopelessness, of your brokenness, of your past. He wants to set you free of your past so you can move forward in the future. If he could set a girl free that is literally, I mean literally, literally chained to a pole and she'd look at me and she'd start hissing and foam would come out of her mouth and she'd be like, (laughs) and she'd spit all this crap on me and her mind is completely gone. She couldn't, she could not make a single word that was proper. If he can set her free, he can set you free. Mm. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You Mm. are his life. Mm. You're his life. Mm. And he's a good and powerful God. And just like he met Linda in the street, and she went on a two and a half hour drive in an ambulance, she said the miracle started in the street because I cried out to God in pain. I cried out to God, and he came to me, and he took all of my pain away, and he took all of my tears away, And then when they put me in the ambulance, he came in with me. Hmm. He came in with me. Hmm. And then when I was in Bangkok, she was received in Bangkok and her head was huge. And I'm just praying and crying. I'm like, Linda, God's with you. Don't you worry. We're praying for you. Hmm. And the doctors were amazed because of everything that was wrong with her. She never dealt with pain. Hmm. Never had pain, never needed pain medicine, nothing. She never dealt with pain. Wow. Because God met her. And just like he meets this little girl, 17-year-old girl in the road, he can meet you. Amen. He can meet you. He's got you in his hands. Mm. And I have testimony 
after testimony. I asked Laura, I just preached in the church last week, and I preached for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> I said, time me, Laura. I got it down to 30 minutes. <laughs> an hour and 20 minutes later. <laughs> she said, Delaney, that was an hour and 20 minutes. No. But, you know, they, they listened and they loved it because it's testimony after testimony of life, of life, of life. And you can have that same testimony here in Ohio. Amen. You have hope. God is your hope. He is your resurrection. He is your truth. And I know that you hear it, that you hear it, that you hear it all the time. I'm sure you do. But mm. you got to get it inside that inner being of you. And then you got to know it. You know what I'm saying? You've got to know it because he is is real he is alive mm. he yeah. is and he loves you mm. and he loves you okay i think my time's up but mm-hmm. but seriously no I, mm. I really want you to know this Amen. that he loves you Amen. and there's freedom in christ there's always hope in jesus you're never too hopeless because that's he can pull you right up amen to that. okay amen amen Thank you so much. Bless you. Amen. Isn't it cool how God saves a girl from the south end of Toledo, right, who is, you know, lost in the world, saves her, redeems her, calls her out to missions, sends her to Laos, where she finds people who are, you know, in a, in a place where, by the way, Christianity is the enemy of the state. You're not supposed to preach the gospel there. They said to her, you're not going to have a, maybe one or two converts in five years, seven years now. And she said last service, now there's a thousand converts at least where they're at. Amen. Some were found in chains, hissing, in pig pens per se, and God delivered and set free. Amen. Isn't your God a powerful God? See an incredible God? Uh, I'm just, it just excites me to know that we serve a God who's powerful and, and that loves us this much. Let's, let's honor God with our, with our offering this morning. Lord, today we turn to you. Father, we pray for, uh, for just your presence to commi- continue to permeate and to change our lives, transform us from the inside out. Holy Spirit of God, we ask for your leading right now, even as we give unto you. We want to be like Abel. We don't want to be like Cain. We want to bless you with what you're worthy of. And Lord, we want to say thank you for the privilege that we have to be like you and give, be good stewards of our finances, Lord. And again, I pray for the body that you would give us vision for our finances in our life, that we would honor you with everything that we are and everything that we have. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well, today is Palm Sunday. And it's a day where we celebrate where Jesus entered into Jerusalem and people finally gave him the worship and the praise that he rightfully deserved. Our God is a good God. Amen. And he is worthy to be to uh, to be worshipped. Jesus is worthy to hear Hosanna to the son of David. Right. He is so worthy. And this is so incredible. And so today before we move forward and uh, read the scripture, what I wanted to do is kind of just uh, chat with you a little bit and maybe ask for your help. I need your help with today's sermon, okay? I want to know, as you look at um, at the life of Jesus, as you read the Bible, which one of the miracles related to miracles that Jesus did for somebody, okay? 
Uh, for example, there are things that Jesus did, like walk on water. He was walking on water, but he didn't particularly heal someone, right? I want you to think about the na- those miracles where Jesus actually did something for someone. Which one of those miracles grabbed your attention the most, okay? And anybody can answer this, okay? Now, now what I want you to do is if you have someone in mind, I know this is very different. You've never tried this before, but if you have someone in mind, just raise your hand so I can call on you, okay? <laughs> I know this is new, <laughs> right? But don't be shy now. All right, Sister Delena. There was, there was a man who was demon-possessed so strongly that the, the demons described themselves as thousands, right? He was demon-possessed, and God set him free. Okay, Delena, thank you for raising your hand. Would you come up here and write that on this poster board for me? You don't get a chair, but you can write this and maybe prop it up, okay? All right, and then prop it up. Le- um, set free from legions. All right, all right. Brother Mo. Raising Lazarus. Anybody remember that? Right? Lazarus was dead for how many days? Four days. When y'all think Lazarus stunk a bit. I mean, no degree for four days. That's a sad place. Right? (laughs) Right? Lazarus was dead. Jesus called out Lazarus and raised him from the dead. Amen? Do you think that's a powerful miracle? Absolutely, brother Mo. Would you come up here and write write it on the board for on the okay? All right, and the reason why I want them written is because I want us to think about these. I want us to keep them in the front of our minds. Here you go, sir. All right. Any other miracle? All right, Rick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus wasn't necessarily expecting her, right? As we read the scripture there, it doesn't seem like Jesus was expecting her, but she was moved by faith, right? And Jesus is like shocked at her faith. It's like, well, who touched me? He says, woman, your faith has healed you. It's an incredible testimony. Okay, Brother Rick, come right on here. Um, healed from uh, bleeding. Oh, no. Stop the bleeding, right? Let's do that. Now, should you write this or should we have your wife write for you? I mean, I'm not trying to say anything. <laughs> All right. What other, what other miracle grabs your attention or uh, comes to mind? This light's keep me from seeing you, so I'm looking all kinds of crazy. All right. Thank you. Glory. Sister Dawn. Blind Bartimaeus. Right? Uh-huh. So blind Bartimaeus wanted to be healed. He pushed true, right? He said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Got his healing, and God healed him. Amen. That is really good. God is a God who listens when we continue to persevere and pray and seek him, right? Sister, would you come up here and write that down for us? Just blind, but now I see. Here you go. You guys are so glad that I'm not writing this for people. Trust me, this is much better, right? Okay, what other miracle? One more, one more. Anything else sticks out in your, in your heart or in your mind? It's like, wow, that was powerful. To me, when I read that, that impacted me. Yes, tell me that story. 
Sorry. Incredible, huh? So here is this incredible story. For those who couldn't hear, Sister uh, Hannah and Anna in the situation here. Uh, the story tells about a Syrophoenician woman, Canaanite woman, that says, Jesus, please heal my daughter. She's demon-possessed. I don't know what to do. And Jesus says, no, I can't give what belongs to the children, to the dogs. And some people say, well, that's rude. How can Jesus call a person a dog? That is just wrong. That's not my Jesus, right? Well, that's, that's, not, that's not the way we need to interpret it. I believe that Jesus many times said things knowing how people would respond. I believe that Jesus was, gonna, was using this as a lesson for those who surrounded him. And, and so she says, yes, yes, Lord, but even dog, dogs. She didn't get offended. Listen to this. She didn't get offended. She said, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus says, well, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. God has moved and God heals her daughter. So the healing of that demon-possessed girl, demon-possessed girl set free. Okay, Santa, would you wa- like to write this? or? Okay, S-Y, Niner, <laughs> seven. <laughs> Probably, oh, yeah, you want to use a marker with that? <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Maybe say um, demon-possessed girl set free. Okay, now what I want you to do is to think about these miracles and think about the reality that all these things have already happened before Jesus entered into Jerusalem. Okay, Jesus was going to enter into Jerusalem. He, he wasn't he didn't spend a lot of time there because he wasn't received in Judea much. He actually spent most of his time in Galilee where he ministered. And there was places actually in Israel, more particular the capital and the place where the temple was, where he should have been most of the time in Jerusalem, where they wouldn't receive him. Right. His disciples actually said to him, um, are you sure we want to go back to the region of Judea? They wanted to stone you just the other day. Are you sure this is what you want to do? And, and Jesus, obviously, he knew that he had to go there. He healed Lazarus, raised him from the dead. And here he is. He's, getting, he's on a donkey. And he's entering into Jerusalem. And all these things and tons of other more miracles have already happened. Okay? Keep that in your mind. Okay? Keep that in your mind. Now let's read the scripture. Let's go to Matthew 21. And we're going to read one on down. And it reads this way. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. A, uh, uh, what was spoken to the prophet. Say to daughter Sion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloak on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna to the son of David! 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant, infuriated. They despised what Jesus was doing. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. I want you to notice what's happening in this beautiful scripture. And I want us to see the application from the gate. The question that I want you to ask yourself as you consider this portion of scripture is how are we responding to Jesus? What is our disposition to the presence of God? And I want to tell you why, because I believe that God is moving right now in our midst. I believe that God's moving in Laos, and I believe that God is moving in Oregon, and I believe that God's moving in Toledo. I believe that God is moving. The real question that we have to ask ourselves is, how are you and I responding to the presence of God moving right now? Are we in tune? Do we recognize that he's moving? Do we recognize that he's in the midst? Or are we caught up in our own thing and in our own system or even so lost in the very house of God, lost in our religiosity to the point that we don't even see the presence or know the presence of God? Okay? Jesus enters into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, fulfilling this prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 that says this, that he will, your king will come humble before you and he is going to establish his kingdom of peace throughout all the earth the first thing that we see in this portion of scripture is this our king our god has humbled himself to meet us isn't that good your king and your god humbles himself to meet us god didn't have to come to earth he didn't have to send his son he didn't have to uh jesus didn't have to come and let go of his glory to meet us but he did in order to connect, empathize with us and know and, and, and deliver us. Isn't he a good God? Amen. He did. He came lowly. And as he came, he did many, many, many things. Many of the things that you've mentioned here. And what I want you to recognize is that quite possibly some of these people and some of the others were right there with Jesus as he was walking into Jerusalem. Now we know that the demon-possessed man that was set free from legions that God told him, stay in this region and I want you to be a minister to me. So we don't know if he necessarily went with Christ. But we know there's a huge possibility that the woman with the issue of blood, that the blind Bartimaeus, who probably had nobody to turn to because he probably lived out there just collecting alms, that the little girl, the Syrophoenician little girl that was healed, maybe her mother and the little girl, quite possibly the man that... that uh, uh, the man that couldn't hear and couldn't talk, quite possibly, we know for sure, Lazarus could have been with him. And here they are walking with Christ. 
Can you imagine the crowd? Hey, man, you imagine two kids? There's Lazarus. That guy was dead. You remember we went to the service? Our moms were crying like, oh, there he is. Right? Dude, that's the crippled guy that would sit at that place all the time. Look, he can walk. Two people over here saying, you remember we were at that place where Jesus was teaching and they dropped that dude from the roof. Look at him now. You see what I'm saying? You remember that guy, his hands was withered. Look at what God's done with him. Remember he healed him on the Sabbath and the Pharisees got all mad. Look at him all happy now. And those are just the miracles that are recorded. John said, if I were to record all the miracles, there wouldn't be enough pages. I couldn't write all the miracles that Jesus... And can you imagine the momentum and the people here just sat free, enjoying the glory of God, healed, crying out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Glory on high! Hosanna to the Son of David! Now their declaration is just as important as the fact that Jesus had done a marvelous work in their life. They're saying Hosanna. Number one, that means save now. Save us now. And it's a term that was used for kings. And they said to Jesus, son of David. In other words, they were saying, I know that you're the one that's been prophesied about. I know that you're the Messiah. You're the one that's going to deliver us. So they're saying, save us now. Salvation has come from the king. Praise God. Delena shared that truth today. Do you know that our king has come to bless us, to save us, to redeem us, to draw us close to him? You know, he, he could have enslaved us. Hold us captive, but praise God for his compassion and his mercy. Instead of holding us guilty for our sins, as far as the east is from the west, he moves our transgressions from his face. Isn't he good? He looks, us, he looks at us in our brokenness, and to be quite honest, we're probably broken because of our own decisions, right? And he says, I call you by name. I want to heal you. What a good God. So there's a multitude of people who recognize this. They realize that they are, they are, they, this is the Messiah and they're crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be uh, the, the son of David. So they're declaring this is the Messiah. And then something interesting is happening in the same environment. There are people who are caught up in the glory, and at that moment, they're participating in the most awesome, one of the most awesome times in all of human history, and probably all of eternity. There are people laying down and worshiping God in His humility. This will never happen again. Do you understand this? This is the one time God humbles Himself. And here they are laying their lives down, laying their coats and their palm branches to bless God. And yet at the same time, there are those who say, who is this? What's going on? They're on the outside, completely disconnected with what's going on. In the process of that, Jesus, obviously, if you're going to call Jesus Savior, King, he's going to act like King, right? And he's going to go to his throne, right? In this instance, he's going to go to the temple because the temple is the house of God. So as he goes to the temple, he sees that things are taking place in the temple that are not honoring him. They are extorting the people, keeping the people away from the things of God. And Jesus takes a whip and begins to clean house. This all happens in the same portion of scripture. Hosanna, Hosanna. Jesus is on a donkey smiling. He gets down. He sees the temple. He starts whipping people, right? Or tables, right? Somebody's like, you see, I can't spank you. Jesus, no, wait. <laughs> it is good, but that's not what I'm saying right now. <laughs> hey, so, you know, um, 
Jesus enters into this temple. He, he turns around what's happening in that place. And then, and then they get indignant. They're so mad with what Jesus is doing. Said, uh, they're so mad with what they're hearing, the children singing. They're saying, aren't you going to rebuke them? What are you going to say? And Jesus rebukes them. Well, don't you know that God has ordered praise from these children, right? And in the midst of all this craziness, people worshiping and blessing Jesus, people despising Jesus, people not even know who Jesus, what's going on, Jesus is healing and doing marvelous works. Isn't that incredible? What a scene, right? What a scene. Let me just say this to you. The question is, how are we responding to the presence of God? Some of us are quick to say, Hosanna, we bless you. We know that you're the Savior. You're the Messiah. Amen. Praise God to that. The question is, if he's Savior, are you allowing him to be Lord? See, Jesus went into his temple and began to clean house, and some people didn't appreciate that, right? They weren't happy with it. And I'm going to tell you something. When you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, here's my life, he's going to say, okay, I'm coming in. And when he comes in, he may see things in your heart that he has to deal with. Things in my heart that he has to deal with. Amen. And at that point, we have a decision. How are we going to respond to Jesus? Are we going to accept what he's saying and what he's doing in our lives? Or are we going to get offended? Right? Are we going to respond to his discipline? Are we going to let him deal with our hearts? Or are we going to say something like, I rebuke you, devil. That can't be God. Are you with me today? Some people received them. They were so desperate. They were so broken. They were so blind. They were so demon-possessed. Right? They just said, God, I need more of you. I need more of you. Do whatever you... You can spit in my face. You can spit in that mud and put it in my... I'm good. Just let me see. Are you with me? You can call me a dog. I don't care. Heal my daughter. You can call me out and, and let everybody know that I've had this issue of blood for 12 years and everybody's going to think I'm unclean because it's an unclean thing, but I don't care. Right? Is that how you're responding to Jesus? Because people who respond to Jesus that way, God does powerful things in their lives. I'm telling you, I'm still believing that there are people of God who are saying, I'm desperate for you, God. I am broken because of this. And I'm believing that you can heal me. And I believe that God can heal. I believe that God's setting people free from alcohol. I believe God's setting people free from anger. I believe God's setting people free from pornography. I believe that God is setting people free from insecurity and fear. I believe that God is setting people free from anxiety. I believe that God is still able to heal. The question is... How are we responding to the very presence of God? Right? How are we responding to the very presence of God? We can say, I'm desperate. I don't care who knows. I don't really care if they know right. I don't even, I don't care at all. I just need to connect with you. I need you in my life. And then there are people who say, at a distance. And they're actually offended at what God is doing. Who are you in this scene today? Right? Now, I believe that in the very same way, the presence of God is here. 
And I'm sure that if we go around this room, we can hear the testimonies of people just looking around, right? I see people, and I can tell you that I see people who have been delivered from fear. I see people who, see people who have been healed. I see people who have grown in the Lord significantly. I see people who God has touched. And yet I know that in the midst of this environment, there are people who are just like, I'm just checking out the atmosphere. I don't know if I'm down with this whole Jesus thing, right? And then there are people like me, okay, who have become at some points in our life so religious. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm testifying here. Some of us who have become so religious, and we, we may have gotten to the point where we don't even recognize the presence of Jesus when it shows up. I'm talking to the church now. This is not for the unbelievers. I'm talking to those who have been saved, who live in the church, who are part of ministry, but somehow, some way, they lost their first love and they don't even know how to get back there and they don't even know where the joy of God is gone. Right? And I'm saying to you, God can deliver you. But you, unlike the Pharisee, have to be willing to admit that he's right and not get offended what he's doing. Can I say that today? Would you stand with me today? I'm not going to belabor this anymore. Would you stand with me? So how are you responding to Jesus this morning? I want to be at a state of desperation, right? I I pray kind of crazy because I know how important it is for me to stay desperate. And there's a prayer that you and I have to pray, and it's a crazy prayer, but it's a prayer that says, you know what, God, we, I, need to, I want to stay desperate for you. I don't want to be so blessed that I, I lose my desire to be in your presence and to receive from you. There's no such thing as being so saved that we don't need God to do a work in our lives. Any, anybody with me? Hmm? There's no such thing as being so, so equipped in ministry that we don't need to humble ourselves before the altar and confess our sins before him, right? God never turns away a broken, a broken spirit. So we turn to you, God, this morning. Oh, God, and we say we want to be desperate for you all our lives. God, today I know what it is to be so religious, so caught up in the ministry, so caught up in what I'm doing that I forget, I miss your presence altogether. Wake up in the morning with no joy. Go to sleep in the mo- uh, with no joy. Not, not even knowing your presence and what you're doing and who's, who you're speaking through. God, I don't, I don't want that to ever be a part of my life again. And Lord, I don't want to be clueless about what you're doing. <laughs> I want to be a part of that crowd that says, he healed me. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm raised to life. I was crippled, but now I walk. I want to testify of your goodness all the days of my life. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, um, I've been coming to church. Today, it's, it's, been very, it's very evident to me that I haven't, uh, I've been kind of on the outside looking in. There's no real desperation in my life for Jesus. I realize, I, as you're preaching, this desperation is awakening me. And I, I, I want to live my life desperate for him. In other words, I want to live my life depending on God. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? 
raise your hand right where you are. Hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I realize today that I've become very, uh, that I've uh, become very religious in the sense that I'm doing church, I'm doing church, I'm doing this stuff that I think is right, but I don't sense the presence of God in my life anymore. I want to confess today, I've been doing these things, I've been doing life the way that I'm supposed to, following all the rules I think I'm supposed to, but I don't sense the presence of God in my life. And I don't want to live like that anymore. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Jesus. 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 Pray with me. Lord, we need your presence today in this sanctuary. This broken pastor needs your presence. I turn to you and I'm asking God, let me live in this place of desperation where I trust in you. I know how hard that is, God. But what am I without your presence? What are we without your presence? Lord, I pray for your people. Some of them have lost their desperation. Some of them have lost understanding of your presence. Would you reveal yourself again? Do a mighty work again. Break the yoke of the enemy, Father God, that keeps them from knowing and experiencing your presence, God. You are moving today. I pray, God, for freedom in Jesus' name in their life. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I want to come to the altar today. I, I want to make a declaration of, of, of just surrender to Christ again. I, I, by faith, I want to make a declaration of surrender to Christ again. And I want to say, I want, I want to live my life depending on Him. If that's you and you know that you need to come to the altar, you want some of us to pray with you, would you come to the altar right now? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. You're saying, Pastor, I need prayer. I need the joy of the Lord in my life again. I need to have this expectation for His presence again. That's you when you come to the altar. I love to pray with you. Don't hold back. Hallelujah. 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 Father, today we just turn before you. We thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we pray, God, make us desperate for you. Bring glory to your name, Father God. Open our eyes and our hearts to you and to your presence. Lord God, make us humble uh, to the point that we recognize our desperation for you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, God. Continue to do mighty works in our midst, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. May the grace of God go with you. The altars are open. If you need prayer, don't hesitate to come up. We'd love to pray with you. Amen. Yeah.